Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast, West Denver. Here's a quick message from our sponsor, Local Works Wheat Ridge, provided by its executive director, Paige Piper. Local Works is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to make Wheat Ridge a more vibrant and sustainable place to live and work. Our mission in action is programming that provides neighborhood revitalization and small business support, keeping and growing the businesses we know and love in Wheat Ridge. In simpler form, we provide connection. Connection to business, connection to community. This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Meg Smith. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Today we have Kimber Dempsey with Retro Realtor at Realty One Group Premier. How are you, Kimber? I'm doing well. It's a a toasty day out here in Colorado today. It is. (laughs) You said it. Well, I thank you for joining me today on the Good Neighbor Podcast, West Denver. So, of course, you're here to tell us about your business. So tell us what you're up to out there. So I am a real estate agent and I specialize in mid-century modern properties and vintage homes. Excellent. Well, we've got a lot of those around West Denver, don't we? We definitely do more than I think a lot of people even realize. Yes. (laughs) So tell us about your journey. How did you end up specializing in the mid-mod homes? So it's kind of a long journey. Uh, It started, I would say, way back, kind of I was working my path towards it in high school even. I started getting into kind of vintage style Uh, rockabilly music, psychabilly music, which kind of led me to vintage clothing, vintage cars. And then, you know, I went to college for uh, equine science. So I'm a very educated horse owner, uh, but that didn't exactly make the best career for me. Sometimes you shouldn't make your escape from the world your career. So I kind of traveled on from that and uh, ended up you know, graduating in the middle of the recession. So nobody really could find a job out of college. And I ended up deciding after doing some freelance hair and makeup that I should get my cosmetology and barbering license, which sounds funny to go into that and do that for a decade. But then I actually ended up going into real estate where my mom has been selling houses for over 40 years in the Denver metro area and now is down in Chafee County in the mountains. And so... You know, I started my real estate journey and then uh, blended my passion of vintage and love of vintage and now love of preservation and educating people on their mid-century modern homes. Love it. And I have to just touch on how I love your taste in music. Obviously, we have that in common from our bumping into each other at a show. And um, I want to ask if you watch Wednesday. I did. I definitely did. It's definitely on my on my vibe and love watching totally. it. Me too. So my kids now know who the cramps are, which is always good. <laughs> so A funny story of high school. I actually remember I was super jealous. Our friends' parents dropped us off at a show at the Ogden, and they were going to see the cramps at the Lion's Lair, and I was super jealous because I would have rather been at the cramp show. Heck yeah. Oh, that's a, yeah. I well didn't, well, I saw them once many, many, many years ago, but I didn't know enough about them then, you know, 
I didn't know what I was experiencing. <laughs> At least you got to experience it, but I think it's better when you know what your, yes. your experience is. Yeah, for sure. Well, anyway, that's always fun to connect with folks outside of work. <laughs> yes. And so that kind of brings us to our next question, which is what you're doing for fun now when you're not working on your business. So clearly you are a horse owner. So that's your outlet, which is amazing. And you're into cool music. So tell us a little bit more about what you do for fun. Yeah. So I've ridden hunter jumper for over 30 years and I, uh, a little bit less than two years ago, got a young horse to start bringing along again. He's six now, but that's still very young and green in the horse world. So I do horse show him and, you know, listen on him several days a week. And that's usually my mornings before I get my day totally started with real estate. And then, you know, my fiance and I love Tiki. So we've got a lot of um, Tiki adjacent kind of events that we do. And we also have a home bar in our house that we make cocktails from and, We'd like to do movie nights in our backyard. So we do a big screen in our backyard and have a bunch of friends over about once a month or once every other month. And, you know, we go to shows and go to punk rock shows. We just went to Less Than Jake over at uh, Summit last week. So, yeah, I mean, busy. I definitely have a lot of side hobbies to keep me busy outside of real estate. And then on top of it, you know, loving mid-century modern is part of it. So I like to go do home tours and things like that when I can. So my work sort of blends into my, my free time too. Did you make it to save Ferris recently? I did not. I think that was, I want to say we may have been out of town when that one happened. Something so was brought, overlapping that show. I brought the kiddos. <laughs> so they got to see save Ferris, which it's was a good so show fun. for kids too. That one would be a like, mixed good friendly one for I think intro to to ska and punk rock <laughs> oh yeah they were very impressed with Monique <laughs> she's, awesome. she's a showstopper for sure <laughs> so well let's circle back to your work a little bit so tell me are there any myths or misconceptions that you hear about regularly in the real estate world I'm sure there's plenty to discuss but tell me about the most common ones Shoot, I could probably, this This is a long topic for real estate for sure. But I think one of the biggest ones is that, oh, I don't really need a realtor. I can do it on my own with the way that, you know, the internet is and all that, you know, how do they help? Uh, but when you suddenly realize how much negotiation, how much knowledge uh, a realtor brings to the table, especially if you're looking in a niche market like mid-century modern, you know, the houses I oftentimes have some leads or some idea of houses before they even hit the market. And then when they do hit the market, I know, you know, common issues with different parts of town, common issues with, you know, the age of the house, you know, a lot of people run away scared at asbestos and lead. And, you know, I have to try and help people understand that, yeah, they are something you need to be aware of, but they aren't something that's just by living in a house. If you leave things alone is going to take you down and, you know, I think there's a lot of those myths that run around and, you know, not the myths that the houses were really built better back in the day just because of craftsmanship and they were really proud of their trade versus now it's just how quickly can we get this done to satisfy and start building the next house. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of myths around it and I definitely think 
have an expert that can guide you. And if you don't feel like your realtor is guiding you the right way, there are a lot of them out there and you should find the one that really matches with you and really gets what you're looking for. And I mean, it's your biggest investment for most people. And I think it's something really important to take into consideration and not just pull someone randomly off the internet that you've done no research on. And don't be afraid to break up with them, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> don't be afraid. If it's, if it's not working. Like there are plenty of other people that you can talk to and, you know, other realtors, I can't sign cross and go, Oh, it looks like it's not working. You have to reach out to the other realtors, but if you feel like your listing isn't getting represented, if you feel like you aren't getting represented well as a buyer, then you need to have a sit down with your realtor and have a talk with them. And if they can't get on the same page, you need to tell them, I just don't think this is working. And, and you have that control, you know, no one else has that control. You have to, you know, we're a two party state. You have to both be happy and feel like you're fulfilling your needs in the contract and, you don't want to feel like you're stuck when you're looking for your place to live or trying to sell and, and either move to another state or, you know, get your money out of your investment. Yeah. And I love what you said about the quality and craftsmanship of the older homes. That's really important. And that's probably something people aren't thinking of when they're out there looking at, you know, a home to purchase is the potential that exists with an older home could be greater than the potential that exists with a newer home because of the bones, right? Yep. And location, because at the end of the day, really the peak locations for the most part have been developed. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want homes in those neighborhoods, most of the time it's infill or they're scraping down something to put a big mansion up. And at the end of the day, location, 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 you just can't, replace that. And when you're doing infill way, way out, it's not always convenient for everyone. And there's a reason it can be more affordable. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, if you can live in the suburbs, you work from home, you can get more square footage for a lot less and not have to worry about the commute. But at the end of the day, if you're someone who has to work downtown, you're more than likely going to end up in an older house. And it's something I feel like people should appreciate and really understand what a gem of a home they're potentially purchasing that's been around for anywhere from 50, 60 to a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're a perfect example of that. We really wanted to be in Applewood and that meant, you know, purchasing an older home and, you know, sticking with it. And it's beautiful. And often the, the property around the home is better because you've got the better yard size, which is important too, right? It's, it's not just about, the square footage of the home and the footprint of the home, it's what else you get on the property. And the older home is not the zero lot line. Yep. We, you know, it's one of those strong debates we talk about a lot. Like I absolutely love having a bigger, more private lot. And truthfully, I find in Colorado, you spend a lot of time outside. I like to garden. I like to do that. And you find that on the older lots, but one of the biggest criticisms is if we had built more dense to begin with, we perhaps wouldn't have this housing shortage that we have now. And that's what they're trying to do is build denser now. But when you're used to having a bigger yard, it's, it's really hard to get rid of it. It's hard to get rid of the views. And so it's this double-edged sort of, do we build denser to create uh, more housing at the end of the day or, 
do we have this little slice of the American dream to have your own little piece of land and something that you get to enjoy? And I think it really depends on if you are the person that likes to garden, that likes to have flowers, vegetables, and things. You just certainly can't really do that easily on a really tiny lot where you have astroturf in your backyard instead of an actual lawn or trees or zero scaping. You know, that's that's the challenge. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely a conundrum that we face. But one of the reasons I'll always be in an older home is to have one of those really nice yards, really nice property. Yeah, same, same. I'm working on building a food forest. <laughs> they are now. So I did the whole garden bed thing where, you know, you have to irrigate and all the, you know, the work that goes into that in this climate. And then I learned about permaculture and the food forest. And so that's my next version of, of gardening. So I'll keep you posted. <laughs> and definitely keep me posted. I've got four four by eight beds in our backyard and we have them with uh, cages over them with chicken wire because we back to the Highline Canal. And so the squirrels mm -hmm. and raccoons and everybody likes to get their hands on the vegetables if I don't have them caged up. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, we have a raccoon that likes to visit my garden. <laughs> He's not at all concerned about me either. <laughs> no, they really aren't. The squirrels will just stare at you. The yeah. raccoons really are just used to people. Same with the foxes. I feel like they all are just like, you're in my yard. They don't think about it. Exactly. <laughs> totally. Uh, so, okay. Well, tell me what is the one thing that you wish our listeners knew about real estate? I think the thing I really push a lot and really talk about a lot is that if you have a special home, you really should have a specialist. I see houses that are mid-century modern that are listed by agents who just don't understand the architecture, who don't understand how to market the architecture and give uh, terrible renovation advice as far as what mid-century modern buyers are looking for. And it's really, they should have hired a specialist. And it's hard when everybody's got a family member or friend who's a realtor. But at the end of the day, if you have a special house, you need a realtor that knows how to represent that property. And I'm not just talking mid-century modern. I'm talking about, you know, neighborhoods that are incredibly special that if someone doesn't live in the neighborhood or know the neighborhood, they're not going to really know how to help the neighborhood shine. And, you know, it's architecture, it's neighborhoods, it's all of that. And if you don't know how to market a property well, it's not going to sell well. You know, there's I was just showing one of my listings the other day and it's a broker attended type listing. And, you know, so we're at every one of the showings to help explain the house to uh, the potential buyers, because we know that not everybody understands mid-century modern the way we do. And we actually had someone's client uh, continually thanking us for, sh you know, representing the house well and, was like, wow, I've never had someone who understands mid-century modern so well. And now I've had that agent asking me questions about mid-century modern because she just really knows not much about it. And it's really hard when you spend your whole time researching a topic not to kind of let that shine. And when you don't know it, you know, you just put the property on and you're like, look, it's a mid-century modern. Yay. Like if you don't know how they live, how they're different, it's hard to market it right. And it, I would say, 
that goes across the board for a lot of properties. You know, if we're talking about a Dutch colonial, if you don't know about a vintage home, you may not know how to explain the quirks of these, you know, 100-year-old homes, these 60-year-old homes. It's definitely something that requires extra information. And that's where don't just use your cousin who sells three houses a year to help you make your biggest purchase. Really go after the expert of what kind of home you really want. Absolutely. Well, think about all the other aspects of life. You're not going to, you know, entrust medical care or financial advice to a non-expert, right? So that is very good advice because we do have a lot of agents out there who we know who may not be that expert that we're looking for. So yeah, very good advice. And how can listeners learn more contact or get in touch with you um, so that they can ask more questions? So you can certainly reach out. I always say if you are uh, on social media, I am Kimber Retro Realtor on almost all the platforms. So I am on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on TikTok, I have a YouTube, you know, it sounds crazy, but you definitely need to get out there and it's good to share the information. I say that preservation, you know, education is the key to preservation. And so I try to um, promote that education kind of on all my platforms. And then if you want to find all my contact info, go on to the retrorealtor.com. And that has my contact. It has my latest listings. And I love to chat with people. So always feel free to shoot me a call, a text, an email, or a message on any of the social media platforms. Awesome. And you can always find Kimber in our neighborhood magazines in Applewood Living and Wheat Ridge Living, where she provides some advice and statistics about sales in the area. And we will link through to your website as well on the gnpwestdenver.com website. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today, Kimber. Well, thank you for having me. And I really appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast. To nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to gnpwestdenver.com. That's gnpwestdenver.com.